0: You know, he doesn't want to cut a pound. His body won't let him cut a pound. Well, then you better win the tournament, okay? That's BS. That's bull crap. He's
1: got some some big balls, man. You zip your lip,
0: you shut your mouth, and you open your ears. That's how you win. That's how you get better.
2: Win, you live, lose, you die. Michael Reardon, how are you? Nice to have you back on the podcast. How are you doing today? It's a great day for for me. It's a great
1: day for wrestling fans everywhere.
2: America. What is your take on the... Broad strokes, what is your take on the NCAA's policy of releasing (laughs) weight classes every half an hour? Uh.
1: I think it's nice that they're doing something to build excitement and suspense. I think that's that's a smart move. <laughs> Is that broad? You said broad. I mean, I said
2: broad, but you could narrow in on. I do or do not like it. Uh,
1: I'm I'm ambivalent. I'm ambivalent, and I I don't see the point since I'm just going to find them all. I'm not I'm not going to really pay attention until I have the bracket in my hand anyway.
2: Right. It's just—it's not about us. It's about these kids, and I—I I don't think it's the media event that they think it is. I mean, you have all the coaches looking at it. Whatever. I'm not going to belabor the point. I freaked out about it last year on Twitter, and it didn't get me anywhere. Got I me mean, like four followers and like the utter disdain of the uh, NCAA. So I'm going to shut what my were mouth. What are the grounds of your, your,
1: your, your, your anger
2: towards it? Your, well, no anytime you wrestle, like so, I, I I came through during the time when there was the conference. Uh, historical data, and everything was on the historical data, and you would sit there and wait after the ACC tournament, in my circumstances, you would wait to find out if you, I didn't win at my junior, I lost, I got third, but I was like, I don't know, 34 and 4 or something, but I had to wait for the conference coaches to have their political meetings, so in those two hours, I mean, it's a sickening feeling, like you're just sick to your stomach, you're wondering like the rest of your life. And at this point I didn't have a medical red shirt. I, I could have easily tossed myself off of the top of Carmichael arena. Like I was distraught and I like waited two hours. I can only imagine, and I understand having to wait a couple days, but then to drag it out for an extra five hours so that you can pick up a couple hundred thousand page views, not even a hundred, couple hundred thousand, a couple 10,000 page views just seems sort of like minutia to me. And I talked to Jeff Jernacki from the NCAA and Lori Cannon a month ago, and they—they're like, nah, we're going to change the format this year." We know we had a lot of blowback, and of course, they didn't. So it's not about me; it's about the kids and 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 what they're going through.
1: That's true. I, I, you know what? <clears throat> If I was ever a good enough college wrestler to, to be within the the realm of qualifying for NCAA's, I'd probably feel the same way.
2: That makes his whole life. They work so hard. It's like just tell them, you know, you know, you know who they are the day before. You know, it's not like you're waiting every half an hour, like trying to push the deadline out. And some guy runs in and asks if you have the paper ready, and then runs it out and faxes it to somebody. You know, it's not like the end of the movie, the paper. You know, like we're trying to change the headline. They know this information 24 hours in advance. Okay. I see, I see your viewpoint. Yes. I mean, I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm right. Um, so we also need – so the second – the big, big news from today was the NCAA is going to start the wrestling tournament at 174. The finals are going to start at 174. They're going to then move on and circle back to 165. What are your thoughts on that?
1: it's such a good idea in theory I'm shocked that the wrestling establishment, whatever that may be, whoever made that decision, had the sense to make that decision for the purposes of of marketing Uh, at at the All-Star meet at the All-Star meet, I was sitting next to another media personality who wasn't a wrestling guy, he was there from the mixed martial arts side of things yeah, it was Luke and, and uh, uh, he commented to me how stupid it was that you know, after the day Taylor match, you still had half of the card, as he saw it, left to be contested. And he thought that the fact, you know, the highest quality match <coughs> being so far from the end, from a marketing standpoint, was
2: less than prudent, let's say, from a wrestling standpoint yeah but isn't but it, it, you know isn't this whole thing a little bit about amateurism as well I mean we're trying to put the best product forward but isn't a big mistake to say like that we need to keep sort of I understand trying to make it as viable a consumer product as possible but are we not putting a little bit of pressure on the outcome and, and is that fair is that necess- I mean I'm gonna talk to Kyle tonight but is that fail is that fair to him like to put the extra pressure on. I mean, him and Taylor are are good circumstances, and basically the NCAA can do whatever they want whenever they want. But is that the best for those two individuals, or is what's already a crazy hype situation overhyped? I'm not taking a stance on this right now. I'm just throwing it out there.
1: I, I think that's a good point, but just like anything on Earth, it's an issue of, of balancing values. And right now, our greater Value is in getting people interested in the sport and getting more eyeballs, and that's that wins out here I, I think and then it doesn't cause that much damage even though you do have a good point
2: I don't think it causes like necessarily damage I just I, you know it's just now does that does that sort of pressure the referee to make a decision during you know a tough quarter final match or semifinal match with Peter Yates you know. <laughs> What if, no, David, what if David Taylor and what if David Taylor and Peter Yates get into some crazy scramble, and it's pretty much, pretty obviously two, but then they don't call it, or you know, I, I don't know. I just think that people have more at this point. People are going to say because it's an advancement tournament, unlike most mixed martial arts, because it's an advancement tournament. There's going to be more, you know, haram harumph if there's a bad call.
1: There will be. Uh, here's here's the real hope. The hope is something doesn't come out. Of that what I can envision the the worst thing is some sort of defensive pin situation. Maybe they don't call.
2: Um, yeah, because you can't review that. Yeah, and that's yeah. the other thing. Uh, it's yeah, like I, we have we have video review now. I don't know. I, I'm 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 a pretty progressive person when it comes to sports, but this is I'm just nervous.
1: Well, I've seen the video review work to uh I was skeptical of it at first, but I reverse some very important calls and come out with the right outcome. What if your kids uh, notably your... I think in mm-hmm.
2: the What's that? No, I'm just saying what if your kid is what if your kid's exhausted and he... You challenge a uh, a call on the on the edge, just to, you know, in the finals or something. So there's there's issues with that too. So I don't know.
1: you can never make it perfect. You can never make the system perfect.
2: Yeah, you can't. But in the meantime, we can still talk about teenagers and make bets on them. That's all we care about. So, if you look at 125, what is the first thing that jumps out at you?
1: Uh, First thing that jumps out at me is the mouth-watering possibility of a match we haven't seen before, of a matchup between Jared Garnett and Nico Megalutis in the quarterfinals on the top half of the bracket, the fourth and fifth seed, respectively.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that could be huge. Uh, you know, Dra Garnett has the – I think he has the speed, obviously. I'm not saying that just because he's black. I'm saying he's fast because he's fast. But he's also creative. I saw him in the ACC finals make that scramble attempt with Chrysler. Chrysler had a little bit of difficulty sort of understanding that Garnett is extremely talented when it comes to scrambling. Megalutis, I think, is going to be challenged in a way he hasn't been really challenged before with that style.
1: Well, here's, the, here's why Garnett matches up well with Megalutus is because to beat Nico, you gotta attack him. You can't sit around and wait. That's that's how he beat up on Snyder so bad. Um, and Garnett's a guy who, who attacked. He's, he's, a, he's an offensive wrestler, and he's, like you said, creative in a scramble situation. Also point out he hit that, he won midlands from a scramble against Delgado, hit a nice little wizard tilt, shin wizard tilt there in the uh, overtime
2: on finals. Right. I mean, essentially, you're right. I mean, because there's no way to think of this and not be excited because you have an opportunity to see what would essentially be a mild upset, but an upset nonetheless of Nico. And, again, with Gerard Garnett, it's he's one of these guys who, whenever he wrestles in a big tournament – he wrestles. So I think coming off of that he could do anything. I also think it's interesting I also think it's interesting on the top of the bracket. I mean I don't think Waters will have much problem with Thorne, but you know, he can be a little goofy. And uh, and then I think the winner of Snyder Sprinkle is just Alan Waters' worst nightmare. Between Thorne, Sprinkle, and Snyder, he's gonna be wrestling so many long legged, cradling, awkward bodied Wrestlers, big move guys, big move guys, Uh, yeah. With
1: Thorne and 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 Snyder, Um, I'll tell you one thing, though. I'll tell you one thing.
2: Tell me two things. Is
1: that? Well, I'll tell you two things. First of all, none of those guys you just mentioned. None of those guys. Have ever placed before at NCAA's, the person who's who's has the best track record of all three of those is Trent Sprinkle, who's been round of twelve twice now in yeah. his career.
0: Yeah,
2: it'll be interesting. That's a cool bracket, man. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff that comes into play. You know, I, I mean, it, did you notice also that there's like seven or eight wrestlers with losing records that made the NCAA tournament this year? <laughs>
1: I have not looked that much in-depth into it. How often do you think that normally is? What do
2: you think there is, one or two? There's usually one or two. I mean, Pat Smith, of course, won it as a uh, 500 wrestler, but – or is it Pat Smith or was it Mark Branch? I
1: believe you mean Mark Branch
2: Branch. there. I mean, I know that it happens when people come in and – but there's – in this bracket, there's a lot of guys who are either with losing records – I mean, I think in this weight class, there might be even two. Let me check real quick. There's Joseph Duca. K-
1: Kavon Powell from Ohio is 8 and 13.
2: Joseph Duca from Indiana is 15 and 16.
1: Yeah. That's right. I am a college wrestling fan, and those are names that are utterly foreign to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, what's weird. I I, may, I I know that I'm an ACC homer because I'm an ACC homer, but some of these guys – I'm a little surprised they're going to the national tournament. Maybe there's just more parity, so their win-loss records are a little out of whack. But Ben Williford, Cleveland State at 19 and 14, you know, I'm just a little concerned. I I, I think what happens is when strong teams go to conferences, they boost the RPI of individuals within it and then earn that conference another, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? I think it feeds on, sh- on itself. Like, Is the EIWA really worth 45 seeds? 45 automatic qualifiers?
1: Well, where else are they going to come from?
2: I don't know. But I just didn't feel like that was...
1: I, I agree with you. Maybe, maybe it's just something fundamental that's changed about the college landscape. Maybe yeah. it's like you said, it's greater parity. And the lower level teams have a little more quality. There's less of a chasm right. between top and bottom.
2: Okay. Let's move to the 130. Okay, so who's your choice for 125 out of the box? Just have... Have to say it. Go.
1: It's got to be Jesse Delgado after what he did
2: last week. I'll second that emotion, although I am going to have to probably officially back Alan Dirty Waters. But I, I I think Delgado is your man.
1: Yeah, he looked so damn good last week.
2: Okay, so now we go to 133. What is the first thing that jumps out at you?
1: Uh, the first thing that jumps out at me is really the fact that I don't I don't see Logan Stever or Tony Ramos really getting challenged that much at all. I think they sort of moonwalk to the finals. Both of them, uh, Ramos will get a little bit of a go from Tyler Graf in the semis, but that's about it.
2: I don't think he's going to see Tyler Graf in the semis. I think oh, like, your I think like your your semifinalist problem. I think your semifinalist is gonna come from because Jeffrey Alexander is either gonna pin Tyler Graff or Devin Letito who can wrest who can flat wrestle is gonna just straight up be Tyler Graf. Letito can can roll, but I think also you have to look at Brian Owen. He's not I mean, there's a lot of threats to Tyler Graff. Um but I think the winner of George DiCamillo Camello and Nate McCormick is gonna be your semifinalist against Ramos.
1: I think you're selling. I think Graf has got. I'm a little bit back closer to the Graf of old. I think he's got the weight under control. Uh, I, I think he's a little better than you're giving him credit for.
2: Second day. I second day making weight, weight. Um. Yes. Yeah. Second day making weight. So it's your call. If you um, think if you think that's, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah.
1: I think he's. I think he's going to be fine. Do
2: you fact, think? I think
1: he gets third. I,
2: yeah. Do you think Scotty Sintes makes Ramos struggle at all?
1: No, I don't. I think Scotty Sintes. I think had the tournament of his life two years ago when he went to the constellation finals. Uh, I don't think he's the same wrestler he was before. Okay. I don't think. I don't think. I think. I think he's been trade. He's traded largely on that performance from two years ago, and I really haven't been very impressed with him this year. Who's
2: your, who's your choice to win it?
1: I it's gotta. I mean, it's gotta be very uninteresting for me to say. Yeah, I know. This is Logan. Logan. Unfortunately, Siebert, for guys uh, like Logan
2: Siebert, it's like when they win and they're just kind of like casually dominant. People just kind of lose interest in their weight class.
1: Yeah, you, know, you know what I thought before Big Tens. I thought because this is going to be in Iowa, and you're going to have an Iowa guy. love Ramos. He, he's a paradigmatic Iowa. I'm going to run, am Iowa. And uh, uh, I thought maybe he'd be one of the situations where he pushes Steve or pushes Steve or pushes Steve, and this the crowd will give him over the hump and will break him. Um, after Big Tens and seeing how much respect Ramos gave Steve, or unjustifiably so. Um, I don't think it's going to go any other way. I don't think he's going to get the Iowa crowd into
2: it enough. Uh, yeah, I don't think. I mean, I just think he's sort of not as good. But I also wonder. Yeah. yeah it'll be an interesting. What about uh, 41? You look at the bracket. What do you think? I think. That, oh, oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you. One thirty-three. There were two wrestlers with losing records. Continue. Okay.
1: Uh, uh, I think Hunter Steber got a got re- a real gift at one forty-one. Getting the first seed. I mean, not that he doesn't deserve it, but I think he'd be a lot, He's a lot better off with Port on his side than Mangrum. Even though he beat Mangrum earlier this year, and he looked good doing it. Mangrum beat him twice last year, including for fifth and sixth, and and Mangrum's a better wrestler than he was at the beginning of the year. I think Maple handles Mangrum. And Hunter's in a better position than he would have been had he been the second seed.
2: What about your boy Oogie coming from the sixth seed? You don't think he's going to challenge Mangrum?
1: Well, here's a problem. Nevenger. <laughs> I worry about I worry about Oogie. You know, and I, I'm so I'm so emotionally wrapped up in that in that issue that it just I'm scared to think about it. I'm scared about it. Um, he looks like he's going to draw Nevinger, who he's lost to already. And I'm worried that the stuff that makes him unique, the stuff that people aren't used to seeing that he brings with him from his foreign background is starting to become old hat. People have scouted it. People are looking for it and that it's going to get diminishing returns in terms of effectiveness. Yeah, he's, not not like on a right. massive, he's
2: not like on a massive losing streak or anything. He's also 22. No.
1: No. But he kept losing to Evan Henderson. He, he dropped that match against Nevinger. And his the scores against tough guys, his wins against tough guys, have become – matches have gotten a lot closer. He didn't win the Southern Conference in the finals by that much, and that—that's what worries me. He's not blowing guys out. He's—he's he's just kind of getting by against some decent but not great competition. It just worries. I'm always going to be worried about this. Is the I think the first time probably the Citadel's ever had a guy seeded to to place, All right? Um, and that scares the crap out of me. It scares me. Now we have. Ex- I'm okay with us being on the outside looking in and trying to sneak one guy, and like we did with Dan Thompson a few years ago.
2: He didn't Had sneak him. Guy- he beat Poeta.
1: He, he beat Poeta. He beat Letters. Well, Letters was he beat, her.
2: That's the sneak part. Yeah, he
1: beat the shell. The shell of Letters. He beat Patrick Pitched Pish from Arizona State by a lot, and he beat key in the sixth, the seventh, eighth match. I know a lot about that one.
2: No, uh, he, he finished sixth or fifth. Finished,
1: finished, finished seventh, Foley. Did he finished seventh? I'll put I'll put five trillion dollars on the fact that he finished seventh.
2: I believe you. Did he only wrestle the once? Did he only All American the ones
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He only, he only, he only placed once. It was kind of a shock. He lost on the front side to Johnny Hendrick in a surprisingly close match. And on the back side, I don't remember quite who he dropped to in the consolation quarters or whatever that round is where you go to seventh, eighth. But he, he only placed once, and it was a little bit of a surprise. I only think he went 165 once. I think the year before he was at 174, and he started at 149. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he moved around a lot. Moved uh, bumped around a lot. He's a Michigan kid. He's from Michigan.
2: All right. Uh,
1: back to 141, though. I'm scared for Oogie. I'm scared because I'm always going to be scared, and it's an alien situation to me. I, f- I fully expect. I fully expect a one-two final here. I think those are just the two best guys. I I, I have a hard time making adventurous picks. I really do.
2: Yeah, no, you have to remember as well, statistically speaking, it's usually your one, two, and then occasionally your three makes it through. You know, it, I, yeah, I think that's a pretty straightforward one, two as well. About, who, you know, maybe someone squeezes in on the other side of Maple, and maybe that's Oogie, maybe it's not. One, 149. Uh. By the way, there was one 500 wrestler and one losing record at 41. I see that. Yes, indeed. So 149, what's your first impression?
1: I think that Jordan Oliver's biggest threat is Dylan Ness. And he should breathe a big sigh of relief that Dylan Ness is on the other side of the bracket. I don't, think, I don't think he has a problem with any of the other people on his side of the bracket. And Dylan Ness might be in trouble, too, because right now I think Dylan Ness is the second best guy at this weight. I, I think I'm pretty well justified in saying so. But I think there's two guys who can definitely beat him on his side in Donnie Vincent and Jason Chamberlain. I think those are bad matchups for Dylan Ness. You think so? Yeah, because I don't think they're going to fall for the stuff like what he pulled off – there, the Big Ten Finals with the elevator from his butt, or, or whatever that was, and I—I uh, I don't think I think there's a little too crisp, a little too dangerous to fall for stuff like that, and uh, uh, they'll take advantage of it when Dylan Ness puts himself into danger. Jason Chamberlain's the kind of guy who's just rock solid; it doesn't make mistakes, and there's not anything for Dylan Ness to capitalize on. Not to say Dylan Ness can't win, but. I think he's seated for a guy as good as he is. He's got some really, a lot of tough matches to go through to get to the finals.
2: What is your, uh, I'm surprised you didn't notice the pigtail match.
1: Uh, Paddock and Vincent? If you really, I was just looking. It doesn't, I noticed it, but it doesn't strike me as that crazy because I was just looking at Vincent's record, and uh, Donald Vincent's really put it on kids this year a lot of the time. I don't think it's going to be much of an issue. He's not going to have that much trouble with Paddock. Uh, should Paddock be seated?
2: That's a good question. No, I'm not I saying don't, he should. I, I didn't think think say he should he be, be seated. Um, I mean, he, they they subbed him in for an all minute Yeah,
1: I don't. I, I don't remember. At, at Big Ten, so he gets sixth. Um,
2: I just think Donnie Vincent's really got the worst possible draw. I mean, he's obviously a stud. He won the, uh, you know, last year he obviously won the Iron Man Award, finishing um, third at 49 after losing his first match. He won the seven straight matches. But, you know, Vincent's right now facing Ian Paddock, who they're very familiar with each other from back in New York. And then he wrestles Shane Welch, who he only beat 7-5 to five this year. It's a close match,
1: and that's right. Shane Welsh is, has been ranked in the what, the twelve.
2: Sure. I mean I, just, I think that's probably that's probably the worst draw, definitely the worst draw at the weight. And I'm gonna think probably in the tournament for an individual. You know, we know he sl- he starts slow. He's got somebody he's familiar with who knows all this stuff. They have some background. Paddock's a four time champion. You know, and then he has to go... If he wins that, he still has Shane Walsh, you know. It's kind of a tough situation. And then those guys are obviously going to meet the winner of Alden and Ness in the quarters, but I'm assuming that'll be Ness. And then I think Ness pretty much... I think Ness will be in the finals. Uh, After what I I I saw, I just don't see how he's not.
1: I want to bring your attention to... uh, a Alexandria, Virginia wrestler in the bracket there, Raymond Borja from Navy. Yeah, uh, he is a, a Hayfield High School alum, and I just want to give him a little recognition as a kid local to me that I followed for a long time. It's good to see him in the charm tournament the kids really paid his dues.
2: Whatever, screw those Virginia kids. Can't support them all, you know. Got to keep it. I got to keep it thin. Just got to focus on Stafford County. I see.
1: Well, I mean, I'm an Alexandria guy. He's now guy.
2: So, what do you think about I, what do you yeah. think about 57?
1: Oh, uh, here's what I think. Here's what I was really looking at: Timlin Alton, who's is, has backed his way in to a dream situation. He couldn't ask for a better path to the finals, in my opinion, based on his record this year. Based on everything, it's a it is an absolute dream for him.
2: For Dylan Alton,
1: yes, and let me explain why. Please, I think I I think Jake O'Hare here is tough to for a non seed. I'll give him that, but D- Dylan can beat him definitely. I mean, uh, he beats he beats sir I think. Beats Hickman. um, and then he gets Welch. Who he's beaten twice. He, he beat him at the All-Star meeting. He beat him for third, fourth last year. Mm-hmm. If he's going to get any of the top of the top four seeds he matches up against, he, he gets two in his side of the bracket because then he lost he lost to James Fleming from Clarion who's the fifth seed earlier this year, but he can have James Green knock off James Fleming, go into the semis and in the semis, Dylan's beaten James Green in the past. He beats James, and goes in the finals.
2: You're uh, are you following me? I, no, I I see what you're saying. You're obviously a huge Penn State apologist. That's
0: I a- just I just
1: wrote a whole thing about how Iowa might win the national title in my 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 column for Internet, and people were talking about the love affair with Iowa. No, I don't. Have staunch-
2: don't challenge the reader. They've they they uh, they've made us huge Penn State apologists, and then they've also made us, after your article, they now think we have a strong Bobby Telford bias, which is just really strange. Yes. Uh,
1: i, I got to tell you, I, I do
2: have a bit of a soft spot for old Bobby. Why? Because he's from Delaware? Uh, is this like a regional thing? He's...
1: he's I don't know, I I was always a a big Kevin McHale fan growing up, big Irish pasty guy, and and maybe
2: Telford's sort of like the Kevin McHale of wrestling, I I don't know. I'm quoting you, Uh, I'm quoting you on that, forget about it, I'm quoting (laughs) you. What do you think about Scotty Winston sliding in there? He's you know, he can, first of all, Scotty Winston can lose to anybody, but he can also, let's assume he beats the Wyoming Kid, which you can't do, but let's do that. He meets up with Jason Welch.
1: Oh, yeah! And there it is. The, in, in their final tournament, the showdown between the two guys who were once the great argument of who is the best 160-pounder in high school. Right. I, mean, I think uh, that's pretty I, I much been Scott settled
2: was, at this, this, a, this point. Chance. But it is, It's pretty much been settled, but it is kind of interesting that in their senior years, they're facing each other in the second round.
1: It's sort of a tale of two wrestlers, isn't it? It's, it is. It's, it's
2: at this point in the career, the number yeah, one. Gone seed really and, different directions, and right, the number one seed, the guy who just gets slotted in, and assuming yeah. Jason Welch makes it past Nestor Taffer. Yeah,
1: who's the name about Jason Welch? Is that sometimes he? You know, keeps it clo- can keep it close to anybody. If you keep it close to anybody, it can come back and bite you.
2: Have you seen... I don't see him problem. I, have you seen... Has Napoli wrestled St. John or no? Has, has who? Has Napoli wrestled St. John?
1: Um, I don't think so. I haven't looked at that, but I'm trying to think of when it would have... Yes, he did, and he lost to him. Oh, okay. He did, and he lost to him. It was, it was earlier this year,
2: and it, you know everybody in his like, everybody in his first and second round racket is actually pretty tough. That Taylor Walsh kid from Jersey's legit. Silverberg's legit. Ivanov legit. You know, Deringer. I mean, he just has such a freaking tough road the whole way.
1: Silverberg, Zil- I'd like to point out, has beaten. The ninth seed and the eighth seed in this tournament already this year. Ooh. He beat he beat Dylan Alton. He he beat Jesse Dong.
0: Well,
2: yeah, Dong's the seventh seed.
1: Seventh seed. Oh, pardon me. Well, that's even that's even you know more striking. Uh, Silverberg, for a guy who really hasn't been for a guy who's really I don't think ranked in the top twenty all year, is as about tough a customer as you're going to come across. <laughs> sure.
2: Who's your Who's your pick to win it?
1: Derek St. John.
2: I got you. I got J. Dobbs, Grapes Vines, Jason Welch doubles Grapes Vines. Um, uh,
1: I think I think Derek St. John's still the best wrestler in this weight, and he's got an Iowa crowd to back him up.
2: Should we have done the brackets like uh, the NCAA is doing the tournament and started at seventy four and then ended at sixty five? Uh
1: hindsight's twenty twenty, and you're probably right.
2: We really screwed up an opportunity.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. let's just
2: talk about 65. Are there any bumps in the road?
1: Um, no. There aren't. There really aren't. I, I, I will say this, that David Taylor sees a lot of very familiar opponents on his way. on his way in, but I, I don't think There are guys who can beat them, but familiar guys are always, you know, kind of dangerous. That ups the risk factor.
2: I mean, Poles or Nick Moore in the quarters, I mean, those are good guys. They could, yeah, I just don't see it happening. Pete Yates, like, I'm really critical of his wrestling style right now. It really drove me insane at conference. Him and... Him and Bordley and a couple other guys at Virginia Tech just wrestle on their knees. Drives me up the wall. They don't wrestle on their knees like shooting. They just sit on their knees and try to hand fight from their knees. I don't know.
1: You, you think it's a, a, a shutdown technique, a stalling
2: it technique It is. It's, yeah, it's just like tie up. I don't want you to shoot. I don't want to have to come into you at all. I don't want to have to pressure in. So I kind of sit on my haunches and just... Wrestle from my knees real quick, and if you run That's at me, then I have a shot. And if you back away, then I'll stand up. So it's just like as soon it's as I feel negative, it's no. I mean, it, I think you know, it sh- it'll I think it'll get them dinged at nationals. Should uh, I will
1: ask you this question? Yeah. How and I've I've the people get different reactions to this. How the hell did Pete Yates? ever make 149 as a collegiate wrestler?
2: I don't know. I I don't think, I I have no idea how he makes 165.
1: He's enormous at 165.
2: He's so big.
1: How did he make 149? How is that possible? I know it was years ago.
2: Dude, he's, he's so big. I don't even know what to to say about it except to keep saying to you, he is so big. He's so big. Yeah, for God's sakes.
1: Yeah, he's, he's a huge 165. I, I can't, I can't. He had to drain his blood to make one forty nine. That just boggles my mind. He he, he, he would be very successful. One seventy four.
2: I he could be. Yeah, he's incredible. Um, he's really big. I just yeah. Again, like I worry about his style. You know, he's like a one takedown style. He has that. He has that mind game over Soulser, but at the same time. I just don't think he's that. He just doesn't impress me. He doesn't do a lot of stuff that's he, he, super re- impressive.
1: He relies a lot on the short leg ride where he gets that bent leg Turk. They all do. And uh, if he doesn't get it, though, he you know that's, that's most of his offense right there, most of his points for And he has, on his way to the semis, he has his old nemesis, Bubby Graham from Oklahoma, who we know can beat him. He can beat Bubby as well. That's a tough match. Of course, it's NCAAs. You're going to get tough matches in the quarter front. But he
2: also... Uh, Yates also had this... I mean, really just... Really just an enormous stall hold. He was using those Go-Go Gadget arms and he was wrapping the chest and locking. He put his right hand over his opponent's right shoulder, take his left arm, come underneath, you know, sort of like the, the chest, and then take his left hand and lock it on the wrist of his right... Lock the, his right wrist. So he was sort of just like basically squeezing the chest it was like um it was like almost like a locked hands it really kind of should have been um and yet he didn't really do anything with it and the referee never called it it. I, it it was sort of a slow it was it wasn't the best tournament i've ever seen called by referees and, and again like it wasn't even the fact that i thought solzer would beat him solzer was uh, battling the flu. They might—they were thinking about pulling him out of the tournament. But it wasn't about being a homer. It was just I was really frustrated with how he just was so big, so strong, so athletic, so much stalling. So there I've said my piece. Uh, upset alert, I like Mike Moreno of Iowa State to make a little run into the semis where he faces David Taylor. Kevin Jackson got a contract and, extension today. Did he really? I was
1: not aware of that one. <laughs> I was not aware. I was not aware that one's real. People, people were talking like he was a uh, dead in the water.
2: Yeah, it's a little shocking. Well, good for the the good, back, good for the, him. I I don't. Well, the back channels are that they reached out to Mark Perry and Mark Perry wasn't interested. So. Really? You
1: think Perry? You think Perry's going to stick it out there in Illinois and and, and wait for that to open
2: up? I mean, he only got a contract extension for two more years. (sighs) Maybe, maybe, maybe Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what he deserves. Maybe Perry said, "Look, I'm going to wait it out two more years with the guys I have here. I've already left. You know, I already made him transfer once. Maybe he's trying to be a good guy about it. I don't know. know. Quote, unquote good guy.'" Uh, yeah, it's
1: your it's your career, though. This is this is a job. You can't, you know. I, I, mean, I don't I'm like to people. Whatever. I,
2: I'm not saying I disagree with you. I'm just saying maybe that, or maybe he just doesn't want to live in Iowa. Maybe he's waiting for Michigan State or Indiana or. Ooh, yeah,
1: Michigan State. I always that's going to open up eventually.
2: Uh, Minkles on the, the Minkles on the NCAA wrestling committee.
1: Yes, I I I, I did know that but what i'm saying is i mean he's been there for a long time it can't be can't be that much longer than he's there i don't know i don't know i assume he's we're looking at the back end of his career
2: he's got 20 20 more good years in him oh boy
1: uh i i don't i don't i don't
2: i don't want to dog on
1: people um
2: oh you're such a sweetheart
1: i will say. i, I I will, I will say this about one sixty-five. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. If I'm a, if I'm out of line, I think Dake beats Taylor. Okay, I think he beats Taylor. But of the two, of Dake and Taylor, I think Dake is more
2: capable of getting upset than Taylor. Does that make any sense? No, it makes complete sense.
1: Uh, I mean, I think. And, yeah, Tyler Caldwell has two fairly ugly losses on his record this year. But he he's still really daggum good. And, you know, if he, he keeps it close against Dake, an upset's possible there in, in the semis.
2: Man, that would be something, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't see it possible. You know, Stephen Monk. Stephen Monk, by the way, who's quite good. I've always been very impressed with him. Very funky. Um, he's he's not going to beat Dake. I saw I saw their match earlier this year. Dake really, really was just superior. But I think Cal- Caldwell has a chip in a chair, as they say. He he could he could
2: maybe pull it off. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kyle Dake's not somebody who does one set of moves that you have to sort of just scout out. He does a lot of things really well, but he's just super aggressive, and that's his key. is his aggression and his mat, his mat senses, and it's just the guy does not want to lose. Does not want to yeah. lose.
1: He's a frothing-at-the-mouth kind of competitor. Right. He just, he, he just embraces it, man. He
2: just loves
1: to go out there and bang.
0: Mm-hmm. He
2: loves it. So moving on to one seventy four and take your first look and see if you see what I see. I don't think you will, but maybe you would do. Uh, first of all, one seventy four is just a hot mess.
1: It, well, seventy four is a, a fishbowl weight class. You just, they should have put him in a fishbowl and draw it out like that. Uh, Here is what I see: is, is the is the insanity that Matt Brown has to wrestle Todd Porter in the first round. That is a bastard of a draw right there for him. just awful that's what i see i don't i don't
2: know i if, see two what, things what see? i mean 174 is one of those things where you don't know who the best is so you can make an argument that everybody has good or bad draws i think matt brown getting todd porter todd porter beat perry but you know who knows what happened in that circum that circumstance i don't think porter's the kind of wrestler that threatens matt brown i think if you look at logan storley He's got Bryce Hammond, who can straight wrestle. Then he's got Stauffer from Arizona State, that freshman, who's, you know, every bit is, I mean, he's not somebody that I I imagine is going to give him a tough, tough time, but he will, you know, challenge him a little bit. Then he's got Mike Evans, and then if he gets it through those three guys, then he has the right to try to wrestle Matt Brown. I just see Logan Storley in a really bad, bad spot. And it, maybe he really, he
1: really screwed himself last week.
2: I think he's. I feel like he has to almost be hurt. My, my, uh, my guy that I see running through the tournament is Asper, and I think, in, I think from his position, I, I think he wins it. Well, it's
1: good you get uh, Robin Ficker on national television again.
2: I don't think we need that, but. I do. I, I, that's not anything against a picker. I just, I'd rather see Josh Asper on television. I think, um, yeah, I think Asper. Will, I think Asper's going to win it from that position. Not win it. I think he's in the finals, and then you know, at that point, then I'll make a reassessment. But uh, I
1: think that's a good call. I think I think Asper can definitely make it out of there. Make, I think this make is it
2: out. this is got to be your field line, right? Pretty much. When Um, when, depending on who they have, but assuming they go with Chris Perry, Matt Brown, and Mike Evans, I mean, (laughs) they might not even set. Honestly, they might not even set that. Um, it's just too many variables.
1: Well, they'll set something. They want action.
2: I don't think they they do.
1: Create some sort of action and, and. you
2: know, I think there's too many ways they could lose this weight class. They they, they don't always put the field bet out there. They don't. No. Nope. Uh, um. Nobody, it's not like they're legally obligated to <laughs> make a line for you. No, I
1: suppose you're right. Um, I got a question for you. Sure. Do, do you ever get really annoyed with with the way Everything? Chris Perry wrestles?
2: I haven't spent a ton of time yeah. watching him, but I, the times I've seen him, he seems like he has a lot more talent than he shows.
1: Yeah, I, I see a guy who he seems like he's just resigned to wrestle. You know, he's trying to wrestle a three nothing match or a four nothing match. That's his goal to beat you four to nothing, right? And it's like, darn it, man! You know. I, If that's how you want to win, I get it, Amy, you're you're a hell of a wrestler, but don't you want to open up a little bit? Don't you want to to try to run the score up a little bit on these guys instead of giving them a shot to take it overtime and and beat you? What's happened? You know, that's his two losses, I think, are in overtime.
2: No, he got crushed by Porter.
1: Well, I thought that all Porter's points were scored in overtime.
2: I don't think Um, so. I think he got majored.
1: Yeah, you're right. Okay, maybe maybe, maybe you're Right?
2: Did he uh, get majored? But oh, yeah. he
1: did. Get, he did get a major. He did get major. I thought it was some weird set of circumstances, though, and in, in, like rideouts. Um, that let's call Porter a, a one-off kind of thing. But but I just don't. He's so talented, and he he wins so much the way he does, and he's he's tough, and he's nasty, and and, and all that. I just wish he he. Take a few more shots, but he can say that with a lot of guys at this weight. This is a a tough weight, but you know they're really just you know, a lot. These guys are basically miniature heavyweights, man. There's not a lot of dynamic guys in this weight class. I
2: agree. It's not like 174 from a couple years ago. Where you had a Mucha Stegi and you had a Ruth. It's not. It's not that kind of weight class.
1: Yeah it's it's not a it's not a, a, a button the seat kind of thing. There's a lot of, a lot of tough riders. Wow. Uh, the most the most exciting guy in the whole week, probably the most the most crowd pleasing kind of guy, I think, is Robert Kokesh.
2: Bobby. Bobby Kokesh.
1: Um he, he shoots nice nice low single there and, and uh converts on it in a variety of ways. Very very nice and uh, uh pleasing to the eye.
2: He didn't have such a great Big Ten. N-
1: no, no, it's always kind of like been the pattern so far is two years where he kind of, you know, he generates some hype for himself. He has a nice regular season and then kind of falls off a little against some of the top guys and,
0: and
1: uh, you know, later, later on. Of course, he only has three losses, so maybe I'm being a little a little too harsh on him. I I think I just want him to win a little more because he is the aggressor and he is the dynamic. Offensive wrestler, unlike a lot of these guys.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah, so who's your pick?
1: My pick to to win 174, here's one. I'm going to do something crazy here. This is where I'm going to go crazy. Watch this.
2: Okay.
0: Dan
1: Yates from Michigan.
2: Okay. Well, we're kicking it off the podcast. Thanks for your time.
1: They, look, hey, there's got this is the there's weight. guys are seated 10 through 12th and win the whole thing. Wrestling close matches, winning close matches. Danny Yates has proved he can keep it close to anyone. He's proved he can beat a top wrestler in Logan Storley in big tent. And I just just I'll tell you what. Michigan has to have something go right for them. They have to have something. It's gonna happen. There's gonna be a a, a Feather for their cap at the end of this year. A feather for the cap of those two highly paid and highly touted assistant coaches they, they accrued over the offseason. And I think it's Danny Yates.
2: It wasn't this past off season, was it? It was two years ago.
1: Has it been two years already?
2: Yeah, I think they're in their second year.
1: Holy mackerel.
2: I think so. I,
1: I'm losing it. it. Really? I think so. Maybe you're... I think you're right. I know that. I think,
2: yeah. I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah. You're right. You're right. Because.
2: Because they got Massa and they got those guys when they signed. You know?
1: Yeah, because Massa signed with them while he was still at St. John's. So. And they were there.
2: Well, you're wrong. Yeah, you're right. He's not going to win it um, because Josh Asper's going to win it from the five seed. I just That's can't, illegal. I just don't see, I just don't see Chris Perry winning it. I don't know, I just don't see that. Uh-huh. All right, so uh-huh. I'm going to move you up to 184, so people can go eat their dinner. Who do you have winning 184? Just quick question. Ed Ruth. Okay. Who do you see making a run in the bracket from a low seed?
1: Ooh, from a low seed?
2: Or any seed, really, but.
1: Um, Boaz Beard from Iowa State.
2: He's not even, he's literally not even going to beat Stephen Doty.
1: Here's what I think. It's crazy things happen. Ethan Lofthouse is beatable and Kevin Steinhaus has been so consistent his entire career that at some point he's got to do something stupid. And there it is. He's going to mess up against Boaz Beard. I like and how boom, Boaz like Beard in the
2: big race for second in the, place.
1: In, in, in the quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, why? here's – you know why Bin Bin is going to be in the finals definitely? Why? Because it's very, very statistically rare for a four-time All-American to never make it to the
2: finals. Who can you think of off the top of your head who didn't make the finals?
1: Dick Simmons. Dick Dick, Dick
2: Simmons.
1: (laughs) Dustin Minotti, I think, too.
2: Dustin Minotti, that's who I was going to say. There's more. Did Jerry Rinaldi make the finals?
1: Jerry Rinaldi, I believe, was only a three-time All-American.
2: Really? I believe so, yes. Okay. Um, I like this Alex Utley kid from UNC as well.
1: I uh, you know I haven't had a really good look at him. I really wasn't paying attention he to was him. At tech- he has like a
2: really cool move on top that he kept he kept using against people. I thought it was pretty. Uh, oh
0: yeah.
2: What? I don't know. It's 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 just basically like it's it's almost like a it's almost like a half ride, but he ends up uh, he ends up in a strange position that it's difficult to describe to readers. There's a guy in this weight class who has 14 matches. James Cook from Campbell. That name sound sound familiar? Yeah,
1: I believe I believe he won the Southern Conference, though. So that's how he he made it in. I don't think he was, you know, he was he was drawn in. Uh, Campbell got second in the Southern Conference, and that's really a, a big news for a program that barely existed a few years ago.
2: Who is the? They barely existed. Who is your um, your choice to win it, of course, is Ed Ruth. So we don't need to sit around this too much longer here. At 97? <laughs> yes. Uh,
1: 97, here's, here's what I see at 97. Is we get a chance for one of the coolest matchups that we've never seen. And that's Quentin Wright versus Dustin Kilgore. How cool a matchup would that be? Such (laughs) contrasting styles and body types, right? Um, Of course, it might be one of the situations where Quentin Wright's a terrible matchup for Dustin Kilgore, and Dustin Kilgore just beats the tar out of him. That's possible, Mm -hmm. but they're very. It's a very cool. I think on paper, in theory, in my head, it's a cool stylistic matchup that we could see in the finals.
2: I, I I want to say that I'm certain it's going to happen too, but I'm and I know that Quentin Wright stuck Wilps last time out, but Wilps still kind of scares me. Although I do hope it gets there because Kilgore has been killing people this year. It's like 14 pins or something like that before the MAC tournament.
1: You, he leads the NCAA in pin.
2: It's crazy. But
1: don't look now, Foley. I. I believe Alfonso Hernandez from Wyoming, his only losses to Kilgore, and it was pretty close out there in either Reno or Vegas to one of the two. So if Kilgore was going to have as, uh, as tough a draw as he's going to have, I think it might be Hernandez. If there's someone who's going to beat him, I think it's Hernandez. Okay. And he's, coached, and he's coached by Mark Branch, one of the best in the biz.
2: I know. I love Mark Branch. He scares me, but I like him. He's uh, and that's the kind of guy you want wrestling, wrestling with your stud, ninety-seven pounder. Is a guy like Branch.
1: Quick question, Foley. Yes. When John's when John Smith's gone, is it Branch? Is it Branch's job at OSU?
2: Oh yeah, I think so. I think I think I think he loves living in Iowa or Wyoming, and he likes what he's doing with that program. But when John steps down, I think it's pretty certain that's who it's going to be. Although you know, Eric Carrero. Okay.
1: Guerrero's
2: been there forever. Yeah, I, I just don't... I don't know. But, what do I know? I'd like to see... Uh, I'd like to see Christian Bolli make a move. I just don't think he can do anything against Wright. I mean, you got bully doubles. He can stay away from him. Stay out of the tie-up. But Christian Bolle, And that's the other thing Christian Bully can... Because I saw... In the ACC Finals, you saw Salopec... Throw Bowley and from the throw, Bowley did a standing cartwheel, which was—I guess you call that—an aerial. It was unbelievable. It's really impressive. So, who do you have winning it though? Kilgore
0: uh, or? Q?
1: Gosh, man, I wish I could make a cool pick and pick somebody else. But I—I've—I've I've, I've done my damage with Danny Yates. It's Kilgore. He's—he's—he's he's, he's so good. He's so good. He's so strong, and and, and that that knee pull singles, dar, darn near unstoppable.
2: I agree with you. I think it'd be interesting to see if he'll be suckered into a throwing match with Quentin Wright, but I think he can keep it close, and I think he'll score big points early, and then hold on. You know.
1: Uh, have you ever, uh, wrestling in the private school scene? Sometimes you see these these wrestlers who. Who were cute and had cute gimmicky moves, and they'd work on a lot of guys on regionally, but then they go to national prep, so they go to a national tournament, and they'd run into some big monster of a
2: yeah. And they'd try They try that; they get like and they'd out and just count them. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's what I think might be the case with Wright
0: and Kilgore.
2: Yeah, I like that. I like that kind of outlook because that's kind of how I think of it too. It's like, oh, this guy's got his gimmicks, but I mean, his gimmicks have won him a national championship. He does have a baby on the way, yeah. Quinn, right? And he's married, obviously. Well, maybe not obviously, but there's, there's a, two. I did,
1: not know. I did not know there was a little Quentin on the way, or, 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 or it was a girl, I guess it would be a different name, but I did not know that. That's, that's good, good for him. Good for him, right?
2: Yeah, good for him. So who's your heavyweight pick? Or what's the first thing that jumps out at you, heavyweight?
1: <laughs> Here's the thing that jumps out at me. I think, I think this is a, if Heavyweight was a movie and had to have a cool title, it would be Revenge of the Jared Trice.
2: Revenge of the – well, that's a terrible title. Um, however, at 10 seed, he is probably the most poorly seated person. I'm not saying it wasn't justified because of where you kind of had to put him, but he is a mess in that he could really mess up that bracket. This, this is
1: a loaded weight, by the way. There are two unseeded All-Americans, mm-hmm. and there's at least one unseeded round of 12 guy from last year that I see.
2: Who's the unseeded round of 12-er? Uh, uh, Odie Delaney. Odie Delaney. Um, the Citadel. Shocking that you knew that.
1: Hey, I keep track of it. I was you know, very dismayed. I, last year I thought, whoa, he's round of 12. Next year he can do it. He can sneak in there. The heavyweight, you know, panned out to be the kind of weight it was this year. is very upsetting to me.
2: I think it's a good – yeah, I think it's a really good weight. It's kind of interesting that it's not the one that shuts it down this year because I think it w- it will be an interesting final. However, because the, the heavies aren't the last guys, maybe they're going to open up a little bit more. But maybe not. Maybe- it depends on
1: who's out there.
2: It depends on who out, who's out
1: there. Uh, I don't think – any I, Anthony Nelson has had so much – Success with what he's doing, that I don't think. I think it, it's over for him. The possibility of him shutting down. I mean, uh, him opening up. He's not going to open up. Uh, he's what he is now. And uh, you know, nor, nor is Don Bradley. But hopefully, hopefully, maybe we can get a TV audience to watch some, some guy like Mike McMullen. Yeah, right? offensive, offensive to a fault. Or uh,
2: the nickname you know, Muscle and Glasses.
1: Yeah, or, or, or... Here, I'll make a confession to you. Which fully. I've never actually gotten to see hardly any of Chad Hankey. Is it Hankey or Hank?
2: You know, that's a good question. I, th- I thought that to myself earlier. I say Hankey, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to see these guys wrestle sometimes. You know, even if you have access to online sites where you can watch them, it's not easy to always see their matches.
1: I- I've only seen him wrestle a couple matches, and... I hear great things about him. Always when I see him, I see it's always just another typical heavyweight match where he doesn't. There's not much going on. Uh, I'd like to see he's, some reason I like him though, and for some reason I, I'd love to see him. I'd love to see Oregon State get a finalist.
2: Yeah, I, I think it'd be nice to have a couple of West Coast guys make um, big runs, and because you need to have a little bit more attention paid. Um, to, to their accomplishments. Arizona State is just not, ugh. I was hoping for a little bit more out of Arizona State these past couple of years.
0: Arizona State's kind of
1: built a team that's a lot like Iowa State's team, where they have a lot of 15th through 20th ranked guys. Yeah. Uh, and They're not a bad team, they're a decent team, and they just don't have much in the way of, of podium threats.
2: Well, I think also that's exactly what – I mean, I know the circumstance because that's exactly how it used to happen with UVA where, like, we'd have a bunch of guys ranked from 15 to 20, but then when it came time to produce All-Americans or get up there, they can't do it. Now, this is coming from a team that has, you know, had a national champion in 2011, but since then – and I know they've had – obviously they had an All-American with um, the heavy – can't think of his name. Levi Cooper.
1: Le- Levi Cooper. But, you know, well, they, now, they, they had but, two, nat- two national championships.
2: Foley? Well, Bubba Jenkins, too. But I'm saying, those two, you know, Levi Cooper, it just feels like there's some... there's some momentum lost, right?
1: Yeah. I, I, well, here's the, I, Looking on their horizon, I don't see things getting that much better,
0: you know, going forward. I don't think they... they they're... Uh,
2: uh, progressing as as you should say. I think I agree with you. So who are your team champions? Well who wait, who's gonna win heavyweight? Uh
1: uh Chad Hakey beast Jared.
2: Okay, I'm gonna stick with uh, Tony Nelson going all the way in a boring but dominating performance. Who's your uh, team title, guys? I hope you're wrong. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm not gonna call Iowa. I'm tempted to call in Iowa upset, fueled by crazy Hawkeye fans screaming for blood. But nope, you have a Kale Sanderson dynasty. Penn State's going to win. And it's not, gonna, and they're going to do it in you know, you know predictable fashion.
2: I just think they score too many bonus points for a lot of teams to deal with. I think when you have David Taylor running through, earning up to ten points from. You know, five falls. You know, if you can do that on a championship squad, obviously Kilgore is somebody who else who can do that. But you know, he's not. They're not in the team race. You just and you have that guy do it, and then you have Nico get a couple majors, and obviously Ed Ruth getting tech falls and pins. You just can't compete with that consistent amount of bonus points. And even without bonus points, they're looking. I mean, they are champion on intermat without bonus points, and there's no team that's going to score more bonus points than then. Who's your top four? Not
1: not a chance. Not a chance.
2: So who's your top four?
1: Top four. Penn State. Iowa gets second. Minnesota gets third. And I'm going to – some crazy Missouri sneaks in for fourth place.
2: Yeah, I think I pretty much agree. I was going to go Penn State, Minnesota, Iowa. And then I'm almost – I'm almost thinking that Illinois scoots in for fourth. So that's that, – my choice is going to be Illinois or Illinois. Without
1: control, that's going to be a tough one.
2: Illinois, if you will. No, it might be. I guess you're right. No, no. I, hmm? I've, I've
1: never been to the – I've never been to the state of Illinois. have never so been to the state –
2: I'm sitting in the state of Illinois. You've never been here. No, I have not. Interesting. And are you going to be out at, uh, at Nationals?
1: Oh, I'm great. I'm glad you asked. No, no, I'm not. Of course not. I'm going to be in the confines of my home here in Virginia.
2: Aww. Sorry, buddy.
1: Sorry, my, my, I'm not a man of a lot of means, Foley.
2: Sure. I know you're a one percenter. You (laughs) you and me are both one percenters.
1: Yes, I'm an a evil mustache-twirling captain of industry.
2: <laughs> Slash teacher. What's with that? Yes. Um, as always, my man, it's been great talking to you.
1: Well, thanks for having me
2: on. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have you on more in the future. We're going to have a little segment with you every week, obviously because you're the man. And this is coming into your strongest area, which is international wrestling. Uh,
1: I'm glad you regard that as my strongest area. I appreciate it.
2: Well, maybe it's just it's stronger than most people's, and so I uh, think I'll, of you being sort of one of the best at it.
1: I'm, I'm good at pronouncing Russian names.
2: Yeah, if I needed, if I need to know something about a foreign athlete, I would ask you. All
1: right. What do you think, hey, man? That means a lot. Not that me. you're,
2: co- it's not to say your college game's not good, but I think your international game, compared to most people's, is way better than... You know It's not like your college game Is that much better Than everyone else's college game You know
1: I see I see Well there's a lot of fish In that pond
2: Right But hey You're the master Of this international domain I would keep it
1: We all need a niche
2: We do We do Alright man Well it was great talking to you We'll we'll have you back on soon And Peace be with you
0: Alright man Have a good night
2: Alright Bye bye
0: And you said nothing Well, I couldn't have said it better myself
2: Tonight the
0: conversation takes up all Just love me to find To remain silent I'll get the light You get that smile you